everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me, uh, my my good friend, I, I like to call you my friend now. Paul- what, what do we have, like three or four under our belt? I suppose we can, we can say that, sure. Yeah, yeah, three, three or four, yeah, definitely. And, mm-hmm, yeah. and they just they just keep getting better and better. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> How how are how are things over in your neck of the woods, sir? Oh no no no, everything's fine except for this uh, heat, which makes me feel like we should be discussing the midnight sun. Oh, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what it's like. I know I know you're out there in Hawaii, but here on the east coast of the uh, of the U.S. of the lower forty eight, it's uh, <laughs> it is quite humid, very very humid. So yeah, uh, that that that's awful. I think we had a case of the vog recently out here. Mm. Okay. The, vol- the volcano fog. Oh, that's what you call it, vog. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I moved out here, they said, "Hey, there's something called the vog," and oh, I thought gee. it was a, I thought it was a joke, but evidently it's it's a real it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Don't even think <laughs> yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you again for for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure. Mm, yeah, I'm glad to be here. And uh, we're we're here to talk about. Let's see, episode thirty-two. Passage for Trumpet. Passage for Trumpet. Yeah, this is this is one of your your favorites, right? Uh, it is. Yeah, this is one of the ones. Um, uh, and, and I think just about every Twilight Zone fan has this experience where you you list your top ten or your top twenty or whatever it happens to be. And 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 sitting here right now, I, I can't remember where I ranked it, but those things yeah. are kind of fluid anyway. But <laughs> the point is, it's like if you tell somebody, you you know, everybody's got like you know, you say your top favorites and. There's always going to be, you know, episodes that everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, you say something like, you know, Eye of the Beholder, Time Enough at Last, Howling Man, To Serve Man, you know, you're saying all these and everybody's like, yeah, great episode, great episode. And then almost everybody has like at least one or two episodes that they mention and someone's like, oh, which one is that again? (laughs) (laughs) And for me, uh, I think we talked about The Last Flight. And and that was mm-hmm. one that I always have ranked very highly, and and yeah. which I feel like tends to be underrated. And Passage for Trumpet kind of falls into that territory. I guess I can't say that it's you know totally overlooked. I mean, it is one of the ones Jack Klugman stars in. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's not exactly lost completely in the deck. But I, I don't. Let's just say that I, I mine is one of the few top. Well, I feel like I said I forget where I've ranked it. Top uh-huh. twenty, twenty-five list where I've where it's on there. You know, yeah. uh, most people, not that they don't like it, but it does kind of get a little lost in the shuffle. So, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I always remember it because of Jack Klugman. His, yeah. his acting is just always so memorable mm-hmm. that I, I can't, I can't help but just love it because of, because of him. Yeah. I mean, if you have, if you're, if you're going to place, have somebody who's kind of like, you know, just a, just, a, just an everyday likable guy who's just down on his luck and just you know i mean you know jack klugman is definitely somebody who can just you know play a part like that in his sleep i mean he's perfect for it yeah nails it yeah really um all right well so this this episode aired uh may 20th 1960 Mm -hmm. um it stars of course jack klugman as as we discussed um in uh it was directed by don medford Mm -hmm. who directed four others Four yes. other episodes and Death's Head Revisited and Death Ship. Yeah, another uh, one with Klugman. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and then uh, teleplay by Rod Serling himself. Yes, oh, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell because I mean he loved uh, uh, such a sentimental story. Yeah, um, really, almost had to come from him. Um, you know, there are so many fantastic stories by Charles Beaumont and Richard Matheson, but Matheson and Beaumont 
not that they never had anything, but, but for the most part, they just wanted to tell like wild, weird tales. (laughs) Right. right. But but most of the time, if you had, if you had a a episode with a real sentimental streak in it, I feel Mm -hmm. like eight or nine times out of 10, it's going to be Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just comparing that to last flight, right? Mm. This, this episode, the last flight Matheson to Sterling. Right. You know, so, um, all right, well, so this episode, Jack Klugman stars as Joey Crown. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Joey Crown affair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thomas Crown. And uh, it, so it starts with him, and he's he's going to kind of like this jazz club with his trumpet. Right. And uh, he, he, uh, he he's outside the, the back, the backstage area, and right. kind of like a parking lot, loading dock, whatever. Yeah. And uh, his, uh, his friend, Baron, comes out, who was part of the, the show that just played. Right. Um, and he's basically, he basically wants to says like, Hey, let me, let me, let me get up on stage with you guys and, and, and play for old time's sake. And Baron is, says, ah, no, nah, man, like you were good back in the day. Right. But you know, the, the alcohol got in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's J- Klugman kind of says, he goes into the, this soliloquy a little bit about how, uh, when he plays music, it, uh, it's just so beautiful, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's only when he drinks. Right. 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 And he gives this, uh, this beautiful, um, uh, talk about how, uh, when he, you know, when, it, when, it, when he's drinking, he doesn't see the, the cracked walls and the, and the leaky pipes and, and, uh, he doesn't see, you know, the, the poverty stricken kids in his neighborhood, you know, that, and that he that he plays the trumpet then as he says it comes out jewels it comes out a symphony and it's just this marvelous uh uh imagery that that uh that that he conjures up yeah. um and uh and you feel so bad for this guy you know right away you know because you can see that you know that part of what you know that it's his very uh negative circumstances uh you know these this this uh that that sort of drives him uh, to drink. I mean, I don't know, I'm saying it's the right thing to do, of course, but you know, but that <laughs> right. it, that it's it's an escape from things that bother him so much. And you can see where somebody who is in the arts would would already be you know, a bit on the sensitive side, right? Uh, and that these things would bother him so much that yeah. uh, that he would turn to you know a crutch, like you know, overdoing it with the drinking and that, yeah. You know, so and ha- having having such a uh, kind of negative worldview, right? Right. Um, yeah. Kind of kind of thinking that you know he he should have he should have made his way out of his part of the world, like those that kind of slums, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, so Baron essentially says, "Yeah, sorry, sorry, man." Klugman uh, says, "Yeah, this it only when I'm drunk." Yeah, he kind of does a shrug and walks away. Yeah, he says, uh, uh, and and he's so down, and you know, he's just like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never have a girl, you know, no one will. Yeah, you know, so 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 hard on himself, right? Yeah, uh, and so he he walks off. He he tries to play the trumpet there a little bit by himself, and he he can't hit the high note on on this this kind of so, sad somber song, mm. uh, and so he decides. He walks off. He goes to the pawn shop. He decides to sell his trumpet. Yeah. He gets he gets eight dollars for it. Right. Mm-hmm. It was steal steal of a deal. Right. For a pawn shop. Uh, 
And the punch <laughs> store tell the guy tells him, you know, I got enough, uh, you know, equipment to equip Sousa's band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to explain why he can't offer him more than $8 for it. So. Right. Right. So of course he takes that money and goes to the, the bar to right. get some alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and as he stumbles out of the bar, he, he looks into the window of the pawn shop, just as the pawn shop owner is putting the trumpet back out, selling it for $25. Right. And the, the pawn shop guy says, look, I got to I gotta make my money too. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it's easy for you guys. You yeah. have no responsibilities. You, you got nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. at all. Right. Um, and that, that kind of clicks into uh, his head. Uh, crown uh, Klugman's head mm-hmm. that you know you're right I do have nothing mm-hmm. um, and so he decides to jump in front of a truck you're right so he, he gets hit by the truck and um, he wakes up kind of at nighttime he, he wakes up and there's a there's a cop just kind of looking not looking over him but in the vicinity right and Klugman tries to start up a conversation with him the cop doesn't doesn't notice him right. in any way shape or form right yes and uh okay this this weirds him out he he walks he walks over to like a movie theater mm-hmm. uh and there's like a really there's a really cool segment here at the movie theater where he's, he's trying to talk to the, the ticket lady yeah yeah and <laughs> she's not responding to right him. um and, and and he turn he turns he looks at the kind of mirror right where she is and he doesn't see his reflection in any way shape or form and uh like whoa what's going on but he sees some guy walk out Right. Uh, so he tries to talk to the guy who's lighting up a cigarette, and yeah. that guy's not. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just completely, uh, seemingly ignoring him. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's about this time he realizes that he, well, he thinks he's dead. Is that, or, or was that, is that earlier with the cop? No, 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 no. By, by this point, yeah, yeah. I mean, once, once he, he like, no, nobody's paying the slightest bit of attention to him, and it just keeps happening again and again. Yeah. That he's just like you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, just just dead. I said, to, you know, for once in, you know, Joey Crown's short, unsuccessful life, he was successful at something, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so. that, that, that's that's such a that's such a good that's such a good positive way to look at your life. Yeah. <laughs> right, I finally yeah. succeeded at ending it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did yeah. something good. I yeah, I did something yeah. right. I killed myself. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's interesting yeah. too. I love. I'm sorry. I should let you finish yeah. the. No, no, please. please. Synopsis. All I was going to say was I like technically, you know, uh, and, and this may have turned up on what you what you read, but it would. But the way they they actually um, filmed that um, to to so that it, the they had uh, the woman who was playing the ticket girl was yeah. twins. Yep. Uh, so so it was just there was kind of a clever way to make it, uh, you know, to set up this shot so that it looks like you're looking at the exact same scene uh only without him in it so yeah and that that was really cool they and you know they they used the twins but they also just com- uh completely built a backwards set yeah. on the other side of it right so <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's really neat a, you know a fair amount of work yeah sure sure and i mean there's a couple things that you know technically that you know if you're if you're really sharp you can notice oh gee wait a minute when he you know, looks at the, when he's at the jukebox, you can kind of see his reflection and stuff, but it, you know, that's yeah. kind of nitpicky. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I agree. I caught those parts. And I was like, it's okay. Uh, it's suspension the, of disbelief. That's right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the, the jukebox and so he goes after the, the movie theater, he goes to the local bar 
and he he steals some whiskey from the bartender who doesn't notice his presence. Sure. By now, um, by now he, he's getting used to nobody paying any attention to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he, he starts talking about the old bartender who used to work there, Charlie. Right. And how Charlie was, was such a nice person and actually bought a, a record that uh, Crown had actually played trumpet on at one point in time. Right. Yep. And, and put it in the jukebox to, to lift up uh, Crown spirits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, so that that was a nice that was a touching scene right mm-hmm. there where he's yeah. like you know what okay you know there there was good people in the world yeah um, he leaves the bar and he goes back to like kind of the jazz club kind of uh, reminiscing mm-hmm. want, wanting that that life back so to speak and he he hears a trumpet playing in the background he walks over to the trumpet and there's a man playing this this very nice song and. Klugman says to him, "Hey, you know, good job." Yeah, right. <laughs> and and the person actually responds and says, "Thank you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And of, and of course, this this throws him off. He's like, "Whoa, hey, wait a minute! Somebody actually somebody right. actually responded." Yeah. Uh, and so it turns out that the, the the gentleman explains to him, Klugman's not actually the one who's dead. He's actually in sort of limbo, mm-hmm. and everybody else who is he's met and, and talked to, tried to talk to, they're the ones who are dead. Right. And, and sometimes it's hard for them to transition into the afterlife. So they get into a position where they just do their normal stuff. Right. So they think they're day. still kind of like going through their everyday life, you know, but they're not. Exactly. Yeah. And this, this man tells him, you can still go back if you want to go back. Yeah. And, and Klugman says, you know, I want to go back because I had friends and I, I like talking to people and I like making music, I right. like doing all the stuff and, and life is worth living. Yeah. He, he says, um, you know, I forgot all the great things. Yeah. Um, and he, he, get, he, he wants to go back. He wants yeah. to go back. So the man says you can, um, yeah. And as he's, and as he's walking away, he says, uh, Klugman asked him, Hey, I didn't catch your name. Yeah. <laughs> like my, my name's Gabe short for Gabriel. Yeah. And that shot was so cool. Right. Because right, with he's, the, the light above his head. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, side note, I wonder how planned that was. Mm. It, it had to, it had to have been planned. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because it was perfect. Yeah. The way they, cause he's walking away very, very swiftly at this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, so Klugman runs back to the, the pawn shop and he wakes up to a scream and mm-hmm. him waking up er, earlier that day. Right. And, and he immediately, the, the truck driver who hits him says, Hey man, my, my insurance is yeah. solid. Here's, yeah, yeah. Here's, here, here's some money. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Takes that money, goes by as a trumpet real quick. Right. Then the, the scene changes. It's, it's him on the roof at night on a roof of some building and he's playing a trumpet. He hits those high notes yeah. and uh, there's a woman shows up mm-hmm. whose, whose name is Nan right. throwback. Yep. Uh, sh- shout out to Serling's daughter. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And, and you know, it makes <laughs> us think of Nan in the hitchhiker. Yes. Nan yep. Adams. Yep. So. And yeah, I'll, I'll get to the hitchhiker reference here in a second. Mm, but, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, let's see what was I going to say. Oh yeah. So Nan is like, Oh, this is so beautiful. I'm new to the city. You know, 
you know, could you show me around? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Klugman is so happy right. about that and gets right. so excited. And he's like, I finally, I'm, I, I'm enjoying life. I'm in it life to right. live now. And he's very excitedly pointing out the sites and saying how yeah. we could go listen to some music. Right. He's thrilled. Yeah. So after a, after a trip to limbo, to, uh, Mr. Crown is ready to enjoy life to its fullest. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that, really, that is it. Yeah. I really love it. It's, and it's such a, you know, after you, especially after you just kind of tell it like that, you realize what a very, very simple story it is, uh, mm -hmm. which is, you know, not always the case uh, on the twilight zone. And obviously, you know, there is this fantasy element, but it's, um, but it's not a very, you know, shall we say plot heavy episode, you know, right. Pretty yeah. simple. Down and out guy, attempts suicide, comes back, uh, you know, has an has a has a second chance, comes back, and you know, and and sort of has like a you know happy ending there. So, yeah. but it's just so yeah. well done. I mean, just the, the the writing and the direction, and as we've said, the acting and just everything is just first class. And um, I mean, I part of the reason I rate it so highly is that I, I feel I'm such a sucker for those kinds of stories. You know, yeah. I think I've mentioned in other podcasts, but it's just, um, I really like, uh, something that just, you know, I mean, you know, at, you know, Serling's goal, obviously with, with any Twilight Zone is to entertain us, but he, he wants to make you think, you know, it's, it's not enough for him you know, just right. to, just to, uh, to, to give you an entertaining story. He wants to, he wants to give you something to think about. And I just feel like, again, even in this one, even in the simple story, there's, there is so much, um, uh, you mentioned earlier, I didn't want to jump in until we kind of got through the whole synopsis, but the, when, uh, the guy, the, the pawn shop owner, you know, it says, you know, um, about the price, about putting the $25 tag on it, you know, and, and you, you, you zeroed right in on that, you know, and you said, you know, he's like, oh, what is the guy like, you know, about responsibilities? He got nothing, no responsibility at all. And you think about how, and how that kind of is what snaps Joey into making the decision to end it all. But the thing is, it's like, you know, it makes you think, at least it made me think about how, how easy it is, usually like maybe in a moment of anger or whatever, to say something and you don't think about how it's going to hit somebody else. You right. know, I mean, the pawn shop owner, obviously, yeah, he knows perfectly well that, you know, Joey isn't doing so well if he's pawning his, his, his trumpet, but I'm sure he doesn't know that Joey's actually suicidal yeah. or, or at least a candidate for that. And so he says this to him because, you know, I mean, he, he, he bristles and probably understandably at being challenged at putting a marked up price on this thing. And so he's, you know, you know, so he gets a little upset and he says, well, you know, what do you got? You got no responsibilities, you know? And, and yet, you know, it's just, like I said, it just makes you think about how for what was just a very careless remark, you know, could actually lead somebody to make you know, the worst decision of his life, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. There's a little bit of that that reminds me of um, a stop to Willoughby. Stop at Willoughby, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stop at Willoughby, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, uh, just in the in the sense, like, you know, everybody in the stop at, stop at Willoughby, everybody in that episode, with the exception of the um, the conductor, right? Right. Sure. Every, everyone is such a jerk uh, yeah. to that to that main character, right? To Gar, and they yeah. all, mm -hmm. yeah, to Gar, yeah, and they all contribute directly to what is the 
you know, the conclusion of that episode. Right, right. The boss doesn't care about him. He's just, look, I'm running a business, and if you're not helping me, uh, you know, push, 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 push. Push, then, push, 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 push. Right, then I have no <laughs> use for you. And, and the wife's like, look, unless you can hold on to this high society job and give me the, you know, the beautiful house, car, and jewels that I'm accustomed to, I have no use for you, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you're right. And, you know, when we were just talking about, when it was just emphasizing him saying, how that how they can hit you a certain way obviously mm-hmm. this episode can't help but bring to mind the movie it's a wonderful life yeah uh where you have this a similar situation where somebody you know attempts suicide and, and comes back has a second chance and i was just thinking about how mr potter when he's talking to him about his you know you come here to borrow eight thousand dollars from me <laughs> with a just a five hundred dollar equity and a life insurance policy and he goes you're worth more dead than alive and kind of laughs about it <laughs> And right, then, but right. you see George's face, uh-huh. you know, Jimmy Stewart's face and, and, and it just changes. Like he's like, and you realize that he's thought, Oh my God, he's right. I am. And that's the moment, obviously when he makes up his mind to kill himself. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind yeah. of the equivalent of the punch up owner going, you know, what do you know? You got nothing. <laughs> yeah. The, the small, the small bits of insensitivity that, right. that are, are actually not small to the person they're being said to. Right. Cause they all contribute to that mosaic yeah. that is only visible to a Joey crown or a George Bailey or, you know, mm. whoever it happens to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned the, the hitchhiker a little bit earlier. Mm, yeah. Oh, you, you did. You did mm, first. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of stole your thunder there. I know you're going to mention it though. No, no, I you didn't steal the thunder. I actually, if you're the you're the thunder, mm. and I'm just like a small spark of light. <laughs> I won't even say like a full thing of lightning. Uh, but uh, I I made a comment uh, when I on the episode where I talked about the hitchhiker mm-hmm. about the thought that all the folks that she comes across during her trip are ghosts themselves. Oh right, if that, yeah. Mm-hmm. If that if that's a type of limbo, yes. And and so I I was interested. Um, kind of throwing back to that in this where that was actually, that's what those people actually are. Those people were actually in limbo. Right. Um, so I just, uh, from other than the Nan. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, you know, here it's directly said, Oh, all those other people are, are dead. They just don't know it yet. But you know, a lot of people don't think about it with the hitchhiker. And I just recently on Twitter had a conversation with, with somebody who I, I think I, put up a picture and a quote from the hitchhiker and it was mm-hmm. the, the sailor guy that she picks up. Yeah. And, and I, somebody replied something along the lines of like, gee, uh, uh, in effect, what he was saying was, you know, uh, I wonder what he would have thought if he realized he was talking to a ghost or, or something like that or, or something. I forget what it was, you know, like, and I said, yeah, you mean if he even existed. Right. And, and, and the person was like, Whoa, like I never even thought about that. And I'm like, well, mind yeah. blow. Mind blown. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that you don't you don't really think about it until you've seen it a couple of times. But all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute. If she really was killed with a blown tire in the beginning, then what are all these interactions that she's having? Yeah. <laughs> these aren't necessarily with real people, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, and in you know this is a sailor after you know World War Two, you know in the middle of nowhere he's hitchhiking in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, you know these the small interactions they those folks could have act easily have been ghosts as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and there was um, 
one other uh, aspect or something as you were going through the um, uh, synopsis there that uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of struck me with this when uh, when Gabriel, as we learn, yes. tells him, you know, you've you know you 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 can go back if you want, and uh, and he offers us you know marvelous advice about hey you know okay you go back but hey no more stepping off curbs you know life <laughs> life has these moments of sweet frosting but then there are also sometimes when it goes down hard you know you basically you know and it's kind of like yeah it's a lot of good advice there you know you, know, you gotta hey you know there's there, there's good times and there's bad times and you just you gotta you gotta take them both you know you can't decide you want to check out when when there's a valley you know because right. there are also hills and he doesn't think about that of course until he says you know, he goes, you know, oh, you know, I've got really good friends. You know, I, I, I never thought about it, but you know, yeah. there, there's so many good things. I've got good friends. I've got my music. I've got, you know, I never really thought about what I had going for me. And I'm going to uh, get a girl. I'm going to get a girl. <laughs> That's what you need. You need a girl, you know? So, uh, yeah. but, but it, it made me, uh, I was thinking it wasn't that long ago that I was reading an article that was talking about, I think maybe it was talking about some famous place where a number of people have attempted suicide, like the Golden Gate Bridge or something like uh. that. And they were actually quoting from some guy who had jumped and had somehow survived, which obviously is extremely rare. Right. Uh, but somebody had who had survived it. And I just remember being struck by how he said that almost as soon as he jumped, all he could think of was like, everything that that everything was fixable hmm. and 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 things weren't as bad as he realized or something along those lines i mean i'm paraphrasing i forget how he put it but sure. i just thought yeah. okay now he's fortunate enough to have survived i'm like imagine all the people who have successfully done it and yeah. imagine your last thought before you hit the water before you hit the pavement or before the poison takes effect is oh crap you know what i'm looking at this all wrong Actually, my problems are fixable, but it's too late, you know, and obviously, you know, Serling, you know, didn't have the advantage of, 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 of hearing what that guy had to say, but I was thinking that's, it's the same kind of thought. It's almost kind of like reminding people, you know, don't, you know, yeah, things are bad, maybe really bad, but don't, you know, as long as you're alive, you're able to fix it. So, yeah, don't, don't go stepping off curbs. Right. Right. Yep. There's, uh, they're like a stop, a stop at Willoughby, uh, a world of difference, 60 millimeter shrine. There's, there's, there are those escapist acts, aspects of those episodes, right? Right. Yep. Where, where the folks, they, they step off the curb and that's where they, that's where they get off. That's where they stay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about this episode is it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go the escapist route. They say, Hey, almost like the guy who jumped and lived to tell the tale. Um, you know, Klugman jumps off the curb and he realizes, you know, it's, it's not that bad. And he, he comes back, he comes back to it. Right. Right. And so he's, he doesn't, he doesn't pull, um, he doesn't pull a 60 millimeter shrine. He doesn't, doesn't leave and stay there. Yeah. He he realizes that life is, isn't all that bad and, and is really beautiful in some ways. Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the things that makes me personally, um, uh, rate this episode, I think a little more highly than, a lot of people do. And I think it's because we get that rare, 
you know, happy ending. I mean, believe me, I love the irony filled yeah. endings, you know, of other, of other twilight zones, you know, but, course, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, I would, I, w- I wouldn't, you know, but in this case, um, you know, it's nice to get, it's nice to see, you know, Al Denton, uh, in, uh, Mr. Denton on doomsday, you know, uh, it's nice to get an episode like that or like, mm-hmm. or like a passage for trumpet every now and then, uh, you know, just as a reminder, you know, that, you know, well, you know, sometimes things end well, you know, <laughs> right. there are, you know, just as, you know, Serling is, is it just as Serling is skilled at, at, at punishing the, the guilty. Uh, yes. he's also, uh, wants to, you know, rescue the downtrodden. And, yeah. um, so it's nice to see that, you know, so. Uh, what what would you rate this episode? Oh, I I, I would I'd give it a very I, I, for me like I said it's it's one of my top episodes. It's I, I would really give it like you know an A minus. It's uh, right. yeah yeah. I have to admit I would I would I really would rate it very highly. I mean I can't think of anything. I mean you know Serling, uh, you know Klugman plays it so well and the script is just you know it's a joy to quote it on on Twitter. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, and I lo- and John Anderson is just the perfect choice for that. So great, I love that kind of gentle assurance, uh, you know, that you get from a character like that. You know, right? You know, that really was. And of course, he went on to do th- three more after this. So I, the only the only thing I wish they would have done is is made him look less like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of an interesting. Yeah, he had that kind of chin chin uh, beard. Uh, kind of thing going on. That was, that was an interesting choice. I'm not sure why uh, they did that. Yeah, I, I was I was interested to read about you know their their fake trumpet playing between Anderson and, oh, and Klugman. Yeah. All right, yes. uh, Kl- Klugman basically saying it doesn't matter if I'm playing the right notes, the audience isn't going to isn't going to care. Mm-hmm. And Anderson having spent a significant amount of time lear- learning what the actual fingering is for the, the right. Although to, to Klugman's <laughs> credit, he did work with a trumpeter to figure out, you know, uh, he did practice moving his fingers so that he, yeah. so that he would, he would basically fake it convincingly, yeah, right, uh, right. you know, you know, so Klugman did do that, but yeah, but yeah, there's no question about it. Anderson, uh, I, I guess you could say it was kind of the, sort of like the method actor <laughs> <laughs> versus the, uh, you know, it's versus the, uh, you know. The guy who thinks, yeah. you know, well, if I need to look sleepy, you know what? There are tricks to make me look sleepy. I don't have to make <laughs> myself stay up all night, you know? Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 read, I read a quote, and I, I don't remember who it was by, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was it was about Charlie Chaplin versus a real – or somebody who method acts a sailor. Mm-hmm. And it, it was saying that uh, somebody might go out and method act, try to be a sailor and go on a boat and not wear makeup and get a tan and – but then get on set in front of a camera and just and just be a terrible actor, right? Or you could have, or you could have a Charlie Chaplin go out there with his, you know, the his uh, iconic tramp outfit, right? Right. And and pretend to be a sailor, yeah. And you're gonna just believe he's a sailor because right. he's so good at acting, right? So yeah, I, I, there was a story. Uh, you know, uh, another famous method actor was uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yes. I had read and I was reading about him making a marathon man with Laurence Olivier. Yeah. And, uh, suppose, suppose, is it safe? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and supposedly, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hoffman had, 
there had been some times, and I, he was describing at some point, I think he was talking with them about something that he had done, staying up all night, not eating, doing whatever it was, you know, that would method act him into, into, uh, you know, eliciting what he felt was the right kind of performance. And that Olivier supposedly said to him, you really should try acting, my dear boy. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, maybe that's apocryphal. I don't know, but but, 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 it was just a fantastic (laughs) quote. It's like, you know, you know, we are, actors right yeah we're supposed to be able to convincingly pretend yeah that we're drunk <laughs> or tired or you know uh, sick or whatever it happens to be yeah <laughs> so, anyway uh, yeah. i think uh who the uh um the actress from titanic um oh kate winslet yes kate winslet yes mm-hmm. she she once said that she cannot convincingly portray herself as drunk in a scene so usually she'll just get drunk. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess you'll know it's working then. Of course, you may have a little trouble, uh, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, action and cut, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you action. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Funny. All right. Well, well, uh, thank you so much for your time, Paul. Sure. Always, always a pleasure. Oh, uh, how, for, for those who don't know how to get a hold of you. How can I get a hold of you? Well, of course, uh, I'm uh, on uh, Twitter as the Night Gallery. Be sure to add the, the to it. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, so twitter.com slash the Night Gallery. Uh, also uh, on my blog is uh, thenightgallery.wordpress.com. So if you just type that in, thenightgallery.wordpress.com, you'll find it. Uh, although there's a link off the Twitter page. And um and I can be emailed at nightgallery at rocketmail.com. So if you have any questions, that's the one thing that doesn't have the the, by the way. <laughs> Just <laughs> nightgallery at rocketmail.com. But otherwise, yeah, on the, on Twitter and and uh, the blog and, yeah. All right. Excellent, excellent stuff. And I was going to say, yeah. and, and, and I might add yeah. for anybody who hasn't heard before or visited any of those sites, uh, obviously the, the, the focus – most of the focus is on Twilight Zone, but I also try to cover uh, Rod Serling's other works as well. So I, I, I bring in, as the name implies, his post-Twilight Zone series, Night Gallery. Uh, so, you know, I also cover those both on the blog and Twitter. And, uh, and, and, and we also bring in some of his other works, his live teleplays that preceded mm-hmm. Twilight Zone. Uh, and, uh, you know, his movies and other uh, projects, so... Absolutely, absolutely. Like, uh, like that western he's in. What is that? That's right. Yeah, I just I just did a tweet today about the one, the loner. Yes. Yeah. And what's loner. what's exciting about that one is that was one that for years, um, even I had not seen every episode because it was just so hard to see. I mean, it, it only ran one season. It was twenty six episodes. Mm-hmm. Starred Lloyd Bridges, uh, and it was an excellent series. It really, it really was. Uh, nothing supernatural about it. It was just straight western stories, but. It, written most of them written by Sterling and of course you know they're very insightful and interesting and um so it only ran one season so that's not enough for syndication so this is kind of thing that doesn't get rerun often and I actually until recently um the only way that I was able to see it was occasionally there were people who would put episodes up on YouTube but other than that the only way that you could see it was uh I had some bootleg DVDs (laughs) somebody had basically (laughs) taped it when they did some some reruns years ago on TV land 
yeah. uh, and had transferred this to DVD. And so I had, it was like, <laughs> like 20 of the 26 episodes. And uh, so, and, but lo and behold, about two months ago, it's uh, shout factory. I think it is uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. put it out on the, uh, on DVD. So I was thrilled, you know? So for the time being, for some reason, it's, Oh, it's only sold on Walmart's website. It's a Walmart exclusive. I have no idea why. Anyway, it's just 15 bucks for, for all 26 episodes, and it's really, it's really worth getting. Um, even if you're not much of a Western fan, it's, it's, you know, having been written by, like I said, about 75% of the episodes are written by Sterling. Yeah. And uh, it I, really is well, well done. I, I ma- imagine it goes a little bit uh, deeper than just the traditional well, Western Exactly. And actually part of the reason that it only ran one season is because of course, Sterling was butting heads with the network. The network's like, look, we want more shutout uh, shootouts. We want more, more, you know, wagon chases. And of course he did have some action in it. It's not that there wasn't that, but you know, it's Sterling. He wants to explore the usual themes of like, you know, racism and, and, uh, you know, injustice. And so mm-hmm. as a result, you know, they weren't quite the, um, you know, they were always kind of button heads over what the direction of the show should be. So, studio heads, not quite a fan of them. Just didn't get him, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, th- thank you so much, Paul, for that. Sure. And and really, really, all your contributions to to this show and the works of Rod Serling. Oh yeah. No, it's it's it's. It was just something I started really kind of on a whim, just because I just enjoyed. You know, I, I never thought, oh, gee, it'll grow and there'll be fifteen thousand followers on twitter <laughs> and uh you know so it's it's it is it's it's really exciting it's a lot of fun for me and connect with other fans and keep the legacy go- alive so absolutely absolutely and uh speaking of connecting with with fans uh if you guys want to get a hold of me there's there's a few ways to, to do that um you can hit me up on twitter as as well i am at s4 way a underscore podcast I am on Gmail, S4YA podcast at gmail.com. I am on geekade.com. Submit it for your approval. Uh, over <laughs> to Geekade, go ahead and, and, and search submit it for your approval. And I'm on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Stitchers, anywhere podcasts are sold. Head out to iTunes. Again, uh, rating if, if, you, if you like. If you don't like, it's fine too. Um, but only if you want to but, rate it highly, right? But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. It's five stars uh, are nothing. <laughs> yes, uh, Yelp Elite five star. Yeah. But me, <laughs> uh, but but uh, hit hit me up anywhere at any point in time. I, I I love love talking to people, love interacting, and so anytime that is available, I am there for it. So, uh, Paul, thank you again for showing up. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Brandon. Oh, always a pleasure having you. And until next time, everyone. This is submitted for your approval.